You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Talking about unfeigned faith. Amen. Anybody got any faith in this room? Yes. I said, anybody got any faith in this room? Yes. How do are you living by it? Amen. Are you living by it? Yes. Well, I've got something written down that I'm supposed to do, but I also... Um, Hallelujah. You know, we're believing for divine interruptions around here. Amen. Not just interruptions. I don't like interruptions. I like divine interruptions. Yes. What's a divine interruption? Well, divine interruption is when God kind of, you know, you can have something suddenly happen in the congregation. I wouldn't mind it if suddenly somebody got up out of a wheelchair and started walking around healed. That's a divine interruption. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or just, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you just get a different thing. And so... Um, I want everybody to hear this, so I'm going to kind of wait for the worship team to get settled in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They're coming. Um, so we've been talking about unfeigned faith, and I've got some things I want to talk about tonight, but I'm trying to find where I want to go. So um, let's look at, uh, we're going to go to Hebrews. We're going to Hebrews. That's a big book. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, just real quick before we get into this, this is real important. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, you know, the children of Israel, after they left the first group, um, talking about faith, what was the reason they couldn't enter in? Why couldn't they get their promise? Well, to them, it was a walled city. To them, it was one of the ites. Because the place is full of ites. I mean, they reverenced those ites. They thought those ites were amazing. So they really had a lot of, um, uh, you know, the ites. And so, you know, to the, and then remember I talked about this a lot of times because it really kind of intrigues me. They said, even the land will eat you. The land itself, this pro- yes, there's everything we need there. Yes, it's just what God said. Yes, Caleb and Joshua said, they're bread for us. Their defenses are departed. Let's go get them. But there was something that they saw in the natural realm. And so the Bible talks about in Hebrews, and this is what I need to get to somebody uh, tonight. And um, if it's for one person, it's one person. But I remind you this. When the Lord speaks to you, when there's a, a, a faith fight coming, um, fear is not part of it. I said, everybody say, no fear. Come on, everybody say, I'm not afraid. Well, I'm not even afraid of a fight because in Christ I always win. And even if the Lord warns me there's a fight. Now listen, when they went to the promised land, he didn't promise them there wasn't going to be a fight. He just said, I get, see? Right? Even Joshua the second time, see? I've given you the city. And even in the word or even when God speaks to your heart about something or warns you about something, the reason that he's telling you about it is, yes, there may be a fight, but you win. The Bible says to war, good warfare with the prophecy spoken over you. Everybody shout, I always win. I always, he didn't promise them not a fight. He didn't promise, well, you know, it's kind of like Pastor Rhonda. I'm always reminded of this. You know, her first trip, uh, she was going to India. Uh, she's a little Florida girl, uh, graduated from Bible school, and now the Lord sends her off to India. 
I mean, you all don't know this about her, but you know, she, some of you know, she was an insurance adjuster. She used to drive a convertible, live in a little house. You know, she was one of them girls. Hallelujah. And uh, they told her on the way, um, you know, they were getting ready for this meeting and they're going there to minister, you know, the word of God and to get villages saved and get people born again, teaching Bible schools. And then the guy who was um, taking them, they had a little meeting and then he began to talk to her about the cat-sized rats. And they're real. I grew up on a farm with rats. Our rats were rat size. India's rats are cat size. And, and, and uh, so <laughs> they have bigger teeth. <laughs> they have weirder eyes. You know what I'm saying? And so she says it like this. Um, Lord, she had to go to a park and pray. I don't know. The cat sized rats mess with her. Right? I mean, even growing up a farm, they might. Um, my dad used to get a gun and kill the ones around our. I was, I'm sorry, we're not supposed to talk about that. Um, but <laughs> he did. Um, we had lots of cats. Not cat-sized rats. We had lots of cats to take care of the rats. Anyway, so my, my point in telling you that is she went away, and what did the Lord say to her? I'm telling her story. But she's like, Lord, you didn't say nothing about no cat-sized rats. <laughs> and he answered back. You see, he didn't tell the children of Israel there weren't going to be walls. He didn't tell them there weren't going to be fights. He didn't tell them there weren't going to be any giants. He just said, go possess your possession." So anytime the Lord gives you something or even warns you about something, you know that then you have the word of the Lord. And they could have got it the first time. But they got their eyes on the fight instead of the one who sent them. And so the Lord, this is what he answered back if I get this right. He said, go in peace. I am with you. And that's all he would say to her. Everybody say, go in peace. I'm with you. And if God's with you. Come on, if God's with you, I said, if God's on your side, if God's given you a word, it's going to be all right. Come on, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. So, so, so here, though, it says they could not enter in, in Hebrews 4, we're not, uh, they couldn't enter into his rest because of unbelief. This is not a time for unbelief. This is not a time for doubt. But also rest. See, a lot of people don't understand the scripture in Hebrews 4 because they think there's still a day of rest. A Sabbath day of rest. And so they misinterpret the scripture. He's talking about your faith has to have a Sabbath. Rest is a real place in God. And it means you're in faith. Listen, y'all, I know a little bit about this one. As a person who had, used to have anxiety and be worried about everything, stressed out all the time, I can tell, can you tell if you're in faith or not? You absolutely can by the words you speak, but it's also by the you're at rest. When you're resting on, see, you're not resting, you're not resting. Resting doesn't mean I'm not doing anything. Resting just means I'm in him. I'm at a place called rest. And when you're rest, so you, you fight at rest. 
you, you, you war at rest, at peace. You can look at something and you can go, but on the inside, you know, everything's going to be all right. Why? Because I got word on it. God spoke to me about it, gave me a prophecy about it, gave me a word of wisdom about it. Even if there's a warning, but again, what I want you to get, he didn't promise them there were no, there were, he didn't promise them there weren't going to be any walls. He didn't promise them, you know, you're going to, when you get there, they're all going to run away. He just said, I've given you the land. And when they saw the walled cities, when they saw the giants, when they thought the land would eat them, they went the other way and they got into unbelief. And God said, you can't enter into my rest that way. So you and I, we can't be moved by what we see. We can't be moved by what people say. We can't be moved by a report. We have a better report. We have the report of the Lord. And I don't even care if it comes out of a preacher. I don't care where it comes from, from a mega superstar preacher. I don't care where it comes from. When you got the word on something, when God's given you something, then you could be at rest. You just stick with it. Amen. Amen. I, I, you know, and, and, and that, that place of rest is amazing. Amen. Everybody say, I'm at peace. I'm at rest. I don't know why I said that last part, but maybe somebody needs to hear it. Listen, you, you need to know God for yourself. You need to know what he's saying to you. And you do what God tells you to do. Amen. You got it? You know it. You know his voice. Amen. Everybody say, I'm at rest. Woo, glory to God. So we're talking about um, unfeigned faith. Do you got any? The, the answer is yes. Do you have any? How, what is feigned faith? Unfeigned faith means it's real. Come on. Have I been with you so long? <laughs> Come on. Everybody say, I got real faith. You do, don't you? Are you living by it? And so we're going to back up the truck tonight. Not the truck Annie was talking about, but you still ought to back that truck up too. Hallelujah. Um, but um, I, we're, now we're, we're going to hit something. So turn with me to uh, your Bible falls open to Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Brother Hagin didn't write this. Kenneth Copeland didn't write this. Uh, Creflo Dollar didn't write this. Bill Winston didn't write this. Keith Moore didn't write this. Jesus said this. So you want to get me irritated, you talk about a movement of faith. That irritates me. It's not a movement. It's a, it's a foundational doctrine. And without it, it's impossible to please God. And God's got some stuff he wants to get you. And this is how he decided to get it to you. Do you know, he could have decided, I'm going to make them work for it. I'm going to make them serve for it. I'm going to make them, I don't know, this for it or that, some kind of work. But instead, he just said, I'm going to make them this in order to receive what I have for them, I'm, I'm just going to make them trust me. They're just going to have to trust me. Do you trust him? Yes. I trust him. So who said this? Who said that? Who said Mark eleven twenty four? Is this the word of God? Yes. Is it correctly recorded? Yes. All of it. It is God speaking to you and me. And Jesus, the head of the church, said this, not a preacher, Amen. not a modern preacher. Not somebody trying to come up with something, preacher. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. It is the word of God. Amen. And he said, uh, he said, praise the Lord. Therefore, I say unto you, 
what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll what? Have them. So I'm going to couple it with this because this is how the Lord taught me to teach on this. Oh, some 30 odd years ago. First John chapter five, verses 14 and 15. First John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, we whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. So these two big scriptures, a lot of people call them the prayer of faith. I personally like to call them the prayer of petition because every prayer you pray should have faith in it. Everything you should do should have faith in it. So here it says, uh, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so because I, I grew up, you know, I, I listened to Brother Hagin. He's my spiritual father. He taught out of Mark 11, 23 and 24. But after I started ministering, this scripture is what became revelation to me. And so if someone said, Pastor Mark, you're going to preach now, then, and I didn't have anything else to preach, I would grab 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Because I have confidence. I, I, I know him with this scripture. I know how to receive from him with this scripture. And so it says that this is the confidence that I have in him that if I ask, and so we're going to look at that. So we're backing up the truck. I've talked to you about how does faith come. I've talked to you about hearing the rhema Christos. I, I've, I've talked to you about confession. We've talked about your soil. We've talked, I, I think we're on number 18 or 19. I don't know which one we're at. I'm confused because some of my sermons that I meant to do in one hour turned into five hours. And so I don't know where my, in my notes, it looks a little crazy, but, but wherever we're at, we, we have talked about a lot of the basics of faith and we're just not done. There is a reason that God is doing this. And I wish he would let me do it on Sunday when everybody's here, but he's chose to do it on Wednesday when you're here. And so it's available to everybody else. But if the Lord is talking about this, then we've got to get serious about living this way. Amen. And so this is how you receive. And it's called the prayer of faith or the prayer of petition. And so we got we, we to we get something cleared up right away. So um, I believe it's in Christ the Healer, F.F. Bosworth. Uh, those of you who have gone through Bible Institute, you've gone through Christ the Healer with uh, Reverend Opal Cruz. You get this book called Christ the Healer. It's in our bookstore. If you've never read this book, this is a classic. But one of the things he says in there, I believe, that's accredited to him is faith begins where the will of God is known. You cannot have faith for something beyond knowing the will of God. Now, in our circles, a lot of times people will just say, well, pray the prayer of faith. Believe God. Just pray and believe God. Um, most people are not ready to pray the prayer of faith right away. And there's really a reason that things aren't happening. It's because they pray a prayer and they're not in faith and they, they push a button, pull a lever, quote a verse, and like, okay. But you see, that, this is not about levers and buttons. This is about a relationship with the Lord. This is about relationship. This is learning how and having revelation of how it works. It is not a do this, do this, do this, do this, punch this button and get this. So it's more of a flow. It's more of an understanding. So the truth of the matter is, this is the confidence that I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will, 
Well, let's camp for a minute. Because I don't think a lot of people really understand this like they ought to understand this. So first of all, the um, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. You all know this scripture. We'll give you some good ones. For the promises of God are what? Right? For the promise of God are in him. Don't ever leave it out. I know most of you just did. But don't ever leave it out again. Because they're not yes and amen to everybody. They're not. They're not available for everybody. He is good, but his promises are not for everybody unless they're in him. Well, I just thought God was good to all. Well, he is good to all. His mercy is available to all, but you got to take it. You know, I'm strong in the Lord. I can do all things through Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't ever leave those through and ins and bys because in yourself and in myself, I'm a nothing nobody. I don't know a whole lot. I can't do much. I can't be much, but I decided not to be in me anymore. So a born again person and not just a born again person, but someone who begins to look into the word realizes that the promises. So what are the promises? Well, for us, most of the promises are found in the epistles. Most of the promises, because Galatians 3, 13 and 14 talks about our redemption. We've been, and, and the, the Abraham's promises. So you can look at Abraham's promises and find out those are all yours by faith. So listen to me. So people talk about claiming the promises. Yes, you do that. Or if you need something, this prayer of faith, this prayer of petition, then is what you and I need to be praying. But it's not the only prayer we pray. There's a prayer of supplication. There's a prayer of repentance. There's a prayer of, uh, you know, a consecration. And did I already say that one? Uh, well, we need concentrate created twice around here. How, uh, there, there's, there's all kind. Of, there's a prayer of intercession. There, there, prayer, praise and worship is part of prayer. So it's not just the only prayer to pray, right? It's not the only prayer to pray. But it's an important prayer if you want to receive the promises of God because those promises of God are in him. They're yes. Did I lose y'all because I told you to keep him in him there? No, are, are y'all here? They're, they're what? They're what? They're yes and amen in him though. Amen. You know, okay. Unto the glory of God. What are the, when you receive those promises, what does it do? It brings glory to God. It points to your Father that he has given you what you need. He has given you what Jesus has provided. It brings glory to him. When I'm healed, brings glory to him. When I'm protected, brings glory to him. When I'm at peace, brings glory to him. When I'm provided for, brings glory to him. Amen. It brings glory to him. It brings glory to, it causes other people to see there's something about you that I would like. How, how are you that way? Where's all this peace coming from? Because it's a promise of God and it's in him. It's a fruit of the spirit. I receive it, right? So these promises are for us. Where do we find the promises? Well, faith begins where the will of God is known. And so you need to look into the word to find out what those promises are. What is that? Well, it's a lifelong journey. Uh, it doesn't end when you go through Bible Institute. It doesn't end when you come to church once a month. 
You should come more. It, 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 I'm talking, I know you all come way more than that. But my point is, it's just not a thing you get one time when you have a need. It's a lifestyle. And, I, and I'm ever growing. And I'm ever learning. You know, I'm having so much doing this because even though I preached on this 30 some odd years, I'm getting fresh revelation. I'm getting fresh understanding. You all come in here on Wednesday night. I know you're good to go. We could be here for hours if we, if we had the time. But I know you'll be, but Lord keeps telling me they'll be back next week. Hallelujah. I wasn't sure tonight because some of you came in awful late. But, but anyway, so, um, but he said you'd be back next week. Hallelujah. All right. So, oh, the train. Yes, bless that train. Anyway, so, but the deal is that at least we don't have to listen to it anymore, those of you in the A-frame. We used to have three, four train services. We all got used to it. But then all the guest ministers would say, oh, that was a three. Mark Hankins was the best at it. So, oh, that was a four train service. Like, what? He counted them as he preached. I don't understand it. Anyway, but, my, but, but how many of you know, so the promises are yes and amen. Where are they? They're in the word. And faith begins where the will of God is known. Now listen, this is where faith preachers get people off. They're like, um, you just need to take a scripture and you just need to pray it because that's the will of God. And you're done. Well, depends on what it is. You don't have to, you find out the will of, let's do it this way, salvation and all that it includes. What does salvation include? It includes healing, physical healing. It includes doing well. It includes protection, right? Ongoing salvation. What did I forget? Uh, preservation. It includes all that. Preservation. Deliverance. There's another one. Hallelujah. All that. So do I have to find out if it's God's will to deliver me from sin? If I'm having trouble with something, what do I know? Well, I know that he has already delivered me. If I have a sickness or disease in my body, do I have to ask him if it's his will to heal me? No. Do most of the body of Christ still, though? Yeah. Um, because they're not sure. So they're not ready to pray the prayer of faith. And even that one, if you're continually asking, well, I thought you healed me. They laid hands on me and they said that I was healed, but I don't feel healed. Is it really your will? I mean, even, even that kind of stuff, that, that's out of faith. And you and I know that in this room. Or most of us know that. And so what, what do you have to do? Well, you have to get back in the word. Right? You have to get back in the word. You have to meditate the word. You have to do all those things. You got to sow seed in your soil. Right? And so it'll grow up and produce some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Right? So you go back to, to that. But it's a mistake, I think, just to tell people, just pray everything, the general will of God. And, and, and never pray, Lord, if it's your be. Oh, because people, oh, people in our circles, they get mad. If you even bring up, if it be thy will, oh God. Ooh. That's time for tomatoes and rocks and everything. You don't you ever say that. Well, let's see. James chapter 3. Because we're talking about the prayer petition, the prayer of faith. And that affects every area. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And you know this because I preach this to you a lot um, in a different ways. But let's look at James chapter 4, verse 13. Go you now. To, that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, continue there a year, buy and sell and get gain. Now listen, let's just stop there. Is it the general will of the Lord for you to prosper? Yes. Did Jesus become poor that you could become rich? Yes. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. How many know the blessings of Abraham? You're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the field. Everything you put your hand to is blessed. Come on, your basket and your store. Yes. Is that the will of God for you? Yes. Is that the general will of God for you? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. But in that, then, um, you have to do some discovery for your life. Because here he's saying, um, okay, I'm a, th- this person who is obviously, it's in James, it's an epistle. What they have decided is, um, I'm tired of living in this city. The pasture looks greener over there. So I'm going to pick up me and my family and my business, and I'm going to go to another city, and I'm going to stay there about a year, and I'm going to do good. And then verse 14. The Lord's response to that is, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. How is it true as a human being, we don't know what is on the morrow unless the Lord tells you what is on the morrow. Right? Right? For what is your life? Now, see, they use this. This is not a funeral scripture. I know everybody. And don't, if you're at a funeral, stand up and say, my pastor says this is not a funeral scripture. Do not do it. You just sit there and go praise the Lord. All right? Now, all right? Do not do it. If, if you do do that, then say, Pastor Rhonda said it. Hallelujah. But don't do it. Hallelujah. You don't know what's on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time. How many of you know it's true? If you lived 120 in God's scope of things, that, that ain't much. It's just not much. And most people don't make it to 120, right? But even if that's the length of a man's life, most, and most people, but even at that, it's just not much, not compared to eternity. A year is, is like a thousand years is like a day with God, Right? That's when we tell people, you know, when someone does go home to be with the Lord, we'll see you in a few. Because that's all it's going to be to them. It's just a few. Even if it's years, it's just going to be a few. Different time. Glory to God. I know the older I get, time seems to be picking up. I don't know what that is. But anyway, it's even a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. For this is what you ought to say, unless you're a word of faith person. Send it to all of them. Hallelujah. Because it's right here. If the Lord will. You mean I, 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 didn't, I think I just was supposed to look at the will of God because this is a provision and he's going to provide for me. So I don't need to find out what his will is because he's just going to, I'm going to put my hand to something. And whatever I put my hand to, he's going to bless it because I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. Come on. Right? See, that's an assumption. And assumptions will get you in big doo-doo. The Lord is not required to bless what you decide. He's called Lord. Right? Right? Well, I'm just going to pray the prayer of faith. I remember this person, she was a part of our worship team. She just started coming and um, she was just learning about this thing. She grew up in a kind of a, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, just a denominational type church and just learning the word. And she was on the worship team and she had a little sense in her heart not to go home uh, the regular way. But she was, she was a busy lady. She was a professional and she was always busy. She was always on the run. And um, she just, she got that in her heart and uh, she just like in her mind put what she had learned here. She just put faith on it. She said, well, Lord, just protect me as I go in Jesus name. And then, and then, you know, once you throw Jesus' name on there, that everything's going to be all right, right? But see, she had something in her heart. So now the will of God has changed. 
You don't go home the same way because the Lord just put something in your heart. Don't to go that way. Don't to go that way. <laughs> don't to go that way. <laughs> and just because you say, the angels got me. I fear you, Lord. Camp round about me. Woo, let's put on a shield and let's go. Well, she got in a wreck. She learned a lesson. Listen to me, and I don't mean this wrong, but this is not meant to you just to throw some word at something. Even if it's God's word, have more respect for it than that. Amen? There are times you should pray, Lord, what's your will? You got a minute? Matthew. Let's see about what Jesus did about something. Matthew. I love teaching this. This is awesome. Can you see, though, if someone heard this the first time and they're just like, well, I just find some word on it, and that's the will of God. And so when I pray, he hears me, and because he hears me, I got it, and it's all good. But you see, there are things within the will of God. You've got to determine his will for you. Now, you don't ever have to ask the Lord, do you want to heal me? You don't have to ask him, do you generally want to provide for me? You don't ever have to ask him, do you want me to have peace? Lord, is it your will that I have peace or should I be confounded and up all night? Should I get a bo- bo- extra bottle of time? That reminds me of one time, you know, I tell this story all the time. And these come up, you know. But so, so I was at home all by myself. Pastor Rhonda was with Melba, her mom, uh, while she was um, entering the last stages of her life. And so I was home and I had this knot, like a tumor, just come up on the back of my neck. And um, so, you know, it's good to have a relationship with the Lord and it's good to do this kind of stuff. I really knew better than to ask him if um, he wanted to heal me. So I don't know, you know, you just be real with God. And the thing when you're real with God, he'll be real right back. And, And so this is not a religious thing we're doing here. This is a relationship I have with him. So I remember putting my hand on it and I said, Lord, should I worry about that? Because it was a huge lump and Rhonda wasn't there. I was all by myself. And I had this lump. I said, Lord, should I worry about that? And you probably may not believe what he said to me, but he did say it to me. He said, Mark, that's exactly what I'd do if I were you. I'd worry about it. <laughs> See, he didn't talk to you like that. He did. And then the Holy Ghost came on me and I laughed all night. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And in the morning, it was altogether gone. What was it? I don't know and I don't care. I don't know and I don't care. Are you seriously? That's what he said to me. That's exactly what I'd do if I were you. I'd worry about it. (laughs) But you do. Okay, Matthew 26. Jesus is in the garden. He's asked everybody to pray with him. Verse 38 says, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Terry here, watch with me. Then he went a little further and he fell on his face and he said, oh, my father, if it's possible. What's he trying to seek? Even though he knows. What's he trying to do? Let this, did you believe Jesus actually did this? The word of God, the son of God, who's currently all man. He knows what's going on. Listen, did Jesus die by faith? That's not, that's not a hard, uh, he, he did. did. Did he know he was getting up? Yes, he did. Because he even told them, I'll be back in three. You destroy this temple in three days, it's going to get lifted back up. Yes, he knew. But when he was going through something, it's not wrong for you to do this. 
And he didn't do it once. How many times did he do it? Three. This is Jesus. He's as word of faith as you can get. <laughs> right? Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, your will. Your will. You, what's your will? Are we sure this is your will? We could do it maybe another way. And he, he in three days, you destroy this temple. I'm going to lift it. He was in faith. By joy, the Bible talks about he rejoiced going to the cross. Why? Because he knew the other side of it. He knew he was getting up. He knew he was getting up. But he went through the anguish sometimes. Sometimes this faith walk, you, you see it on paper, and, and it's, it, it looks easier than, than maybe. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But yet he still knew he's getting up on the other side. And while he's in the garden sweating, because of, it's a natural condition, I really didn't realize this before, really blood did come out of his pores. There was a lot, a lot of stress going on there. But what did he do? He decided it's the will of God. I'm in faith about it. Put away the sword. Restore the ear. Peter was not a fighter. He was a fisherman cutting off people's ears. All is calm. All is well. He's in faith. But he did say to the Lord, if it be your will. You all right? Everybody all right? So when it comes to your, again, I'm just trying to get where you and I live. I don't have to ask the Lord. <laughs> should I worry about this? I, you should, I, I don't have, even, yeah, even me. But if you got to be in a relationship where he can talk back to you, and he's going to talk word to you, or in my case, he's going to talk, he's going to jerk you a little bit. But you got to know the will of God. You gotta know the will of God. You can't just say to yourself, I'm gonna go do this. What you should have said, Lord, if you will, and you know the, you know the thing, because you all know this by now. It's not living, stay alive. It's live in this city or live in that city. It's doing this, it's doing that. It's all will of God. Seasons of the Rapote and the Rangachi and the Namsete. It's just time for you, my children, to make sure you're doing what I've asked you to do when I've asked you to do it. For it's a season where the enemy is running rampant even more so than before because he does know his hour is at hand. But if you will trust me, if you will look to me, if you will understand this a bahangi, it's a kuchoto, it's a karata. I have directed you. I have ordered your steps and I intend to bless you. I intend to keep you. I intend to watch over you, but you must trust me in this hour and in this season. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Hallelujah. If you're not familiar with that, that's what we've had lots of manifestation of the Holy Ghost tonight. That's a tongue and interpretation from the word of God. Hallelujah. For what God says about it. So it's a message that was exhortation. That was comfort. That's to let you know God's got you. 
God's got you, but you and I, me, I have to. Even if you've been doing this for a long time, you can't just put it on autopilot. Yes, Mark. (laughs) You can't just put it on autopilot. Yes, he's got you, but you got to check in. Am I doing what you asked me to do? Am I in your will? You do not have a time. I'm going to reiterate what he said, but I'm, and I'm still in an unction. I'm telling you, you do not have time to mess around. God's will is the highest. God's will is the best. Amen. And, and, and so you don't, well, I'm, I'm just going to put a pause on the things with God, and I'm going to do what I want to do right now because he said he'd give me the desires of his heart. He, he, he said that he would give you the desires of his heart, but he can't give you the desires of your heart until you get the desires of his heart. He, you know, even in the psalmist, it said that he would give you the desires of your heart, but those are the things that he put in you. You can't just go around choosing, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I want to be this. I want to be that. No, he's Lord. And Lord means he's in charge. What does this have to do with the prayer of faith? It has everything to do with the prayer of faith. Because so many people are praying the prayer of faith out of faith because they don't know what the will of God is. Yes, the general will of God is he wants you to be healed. But while you're in the prayer of faith, while you prayed the prayer of faith, the spirit of God could direct you to do something. The Spirit of God's going to tell you to do something. The Spirit of God, oh, Lord, I don't want to tell that one. It's time to go. Look, it's time to go. Well, this happened to Rhonda. No, it didn't happen to me. Um, so back in the day, we were, we were, this is way back. We were in the A-frame. And... Um, I was, we were, I think we were still, were we doing, I think we were doing two services or we just started two services and I think I was still singing some, I don't I'm not sure, but, um, at middle of second service, I would literally almost have zero voice, none whisper, just couldn't get it out. And, you know, back then it was halls galore. It was, uh, anything I could find. Using my faith, I'm speaking the word. Because I know that the, the devil, he cannot keep me quiet. So I'm using, praying, yeah, I got it. Because this is my voice. I need my voice. I don't know why I keep touching my chin. But anyway, uh, so I need my voice. So I end up going to the doctor. How many know when you go to a doctor, they're going to give you doctor stuff? And so I'm not going to, when she asked me what was wrong, I'm not going to say I'm healed in Jesus name. I'm going to be like, so I told her I can't. So she did a a thorough exam. And so she said, in all seriousness, she's like, I know what kind of preacher you are. She said, but you're going to have to like take the Presbyterian approach. She's like, you're going to have to start protecting your voice. Because if you keep doing this, you're not going to have one. She's like, you're going to have to quit doing it the way you do it. You have to chill out, calm down, speak calm, and soft, softly. And she explained to me what was going on. She said, your sinuses are draining down, and they're crystallizing your vocal cords. And you have developed acid reflux, so at night the acid comes up and crystallizes your vocal cords. And... um, this is a lifelong thing for you, and you need, need to get used to it. And you need to change what you do and how you do it. And she gave me medicine. 
So I marched my little self out to the car with my medicine. And as I'm going, the Holy Ghost said this to me. Lord, why do I have to tell him this? He said to me, he said, I told you to quit drinking Diet Coke. How many of you know Diet Coke is not evil? It's not evil. And I, most of you know this, but back in the day, I've been talking a couple times about Rhonda's mom, Melba was my enabler in chief. Girlfriend had candy everywhere we went. She's a great cook. Shooey. At the marriage supper of the lamb, her lasagna is going to be there. It's just, she can cook. And she found out I like Diet Coke. So she stocked me full. It was her job as my secretary to make sure I had a Diet Coke in my hand at all times. And then back in the day when there wasn't as many restaurants here, you know, you only go to a certain few, and the, the waiters and the waitresses of Madison County, who are our harvest field, they knew us, and they knew I tipped according to how much drink I had. I remember when I used to go to Applebee's, Etta was her name. Girlfriend had two Diet Cokes when I walked in and kept me one and a half at all times. And so I figured up I was drinking 24 Diet Cokes a day. Stream. I living in good living in living in a good life. Hallelujah. And I didn't realize what I was doing. The Holy Ghost said to me, now listen to me, I I have talked to God. I believe the word of God. And he did deal with me to quit. I guess I was addicted or something. I don't know. And when I'm walking to my car with medicine in my hand that I'm going to have to take for the rest of my life, and I'm going to have to change who I am, I remember opening the car door and slamming it, the, the medicine across the car. I was so mad. Did it help? Nah, momentarily, I think it did. Probably not. But you know what I did? Well, I'm talking about faith begins where the will of God is known. And even though generally I know I'm healed, God had dealt with me about something. So can God override what he has dealt with me about because I'm saying the right things, believing the right things. Come on, just like the man that sat there had faith to be healed. But until, remember Paul said he perceived the faith. He said, get up. Until he did what was said, it was blocking God from being able to move. So you know what I did? I quit drinking Diet Coke. Now, I have me a Coke Zero every once in a while, just in full disclosure. But even at that, I don't do it very often. Sometimes I do it overseas where there's not a lot to drink. And then sometimes the Lord will just deal with me. But I guarantee you, I don't drink 24 of them. And, and, and then maybe it's kind of the legalistic, and I hope the Lord doesn't deal with me as I'm now telling you all this. That, um, but um, uh, it, I think it was the amount and the addiction of it, whatever it was, but it blocked my healing. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, I don't care what you believe. I'm telling you what happened. And, and my faith, I had the right confession. I was saying the right things. I believed. Faith begins where the will of God is. I know what the will of God is. But when he tells you to do something, a confession doesn't override it. And it puts you out of the will of God. 
So you can't just tell people, find it in the word and just believe it. But, but generally you can, but then there's specific things that you can't. When it comes to your business, when it comes to your career, when it comes to your life, when it comes to the single, only this, I'm only going to talk to only the single people not married in the room. When you are looking for something, because y'all else are, you're just bound together, you're there, hallelujah, it's working out, glory to God, hallelujah. But to the single people in the room, like if you want the will of God for your life, you can't just date anybody. Can't just do what you want. Oh, that's cute. They're cute. He's fine. She's glorious. Yeah, they might be fine and glorious for somebody else, not you. You got to know. You have to ask, Lord, I don't want to talk about that one. You have to know. We, got, we really do have to go. Hallelujah. <laughs> Getting out of the will of God can really mess with you. It can take time away from your life. It can put you out of position. So yes, generally speaking, the word of God is the will of God. And you don't have to ask God if he wants to heal you. You find it in the word of God. You believe you receive. You, he hears you when you pray and you got it. But there are things within your life that you are going to have to take the time. You are his sheep. You know his voice, the voice of a stranger. You will, you're going to have to find out what the will of God is. Again, is everybody clear? I'm not saying you have to find out, Lord, do you want to heal me? Of course he wants to heal you. It's done. So you believe you receive. But then there are other things in your life you have to find out the will of God before you can pray the prayer of faith. Even over your business, over your career, over your, a relationship, over this, over that. You find out what the will of God is in line with the word of God. He speaks to your heart, you know, and then with confidence, then you pray the prayer of faith. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.